Hi, and welcome to The Badass Moms, where we moms learn to achieve fitness and health goals despite being sleep deprived and overworked. Here's your host, Nicole, the super busy mommy coach. Hello and welcome to Badass Moms brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. I'm Nicole Cruz, super busy mommy coach. Um, Before I introduce you to this just absolutely amazing guest that I have, I want to let you all know that I have some new programs coming up. For those of you who don't already know about the Fight It, Don't Fear It Challenge, it's a 30-day plus a prep week program for moms in the toughest situations. We're talking single moms, shift worker moms, um, you know, moms going through grief and losses. And the idea is that you can't get through those situations if you're completely burnt out. It shows you how to reach high levels of fitness and health from the inside out. Not just for, you know, the reasons a lot of people go into fitness normally, but so you can actually dominate the situation confronting you and pull yourself out of it into a better place. If you're interested in a program like that, you can find me at superbusymommycoach.com or at superbusymommycoach on Facebook or Instagram. Mention the podcast. I'll give you a nice little discount if you message me. And um, I also have two spots open for one-on-one coaching. Um, One-on-one coaching is open to anybody, not just single moms and moms in hardship, um, anybody, um, men, women, couples. So feel free to message me on Facebook or Instagram at Super Busy Mommy Coach for a free consultation. So anyway, let's jump in. I am so excited to be talking with Verge Mannion tonight, um, the rhythm mentor. Uh, Verge is a formerly suicidal rock drummer who now mentors people to overcome mental health challenges through natural means and music like drum yes. circles guys this guy's awesome Verge, welcome thank you so much for being here oh, yeah thank you so anyway um what you do isn't very common right there's not a whole bunch of you know drum circles for mental health everywhere how did you get on this path <laughs> i kind of organically fell into this whole thing of helping other people um, so we talked about the fact that yesterday was the nine year anniversary of the day that I was driven uh, from my doctor's office to the emergency room in the back of a police car because I went there wondering if I had depression. And then I filled out a questionnaire and it came to light that I was actively suicidal and needed some help like right now. And I should not be driving my car home by myself, (laughs) things like that. So, I mean, that's where I was nine years ago. You know, you could look at virtually any aspect of my life was a dumpster fire. Uh, Luckily, I had a job that was good. I mean, but other than that, I mean, every other part of my life was just a complete mess. And uh, including like even my physical health, even though I was riding a bike a hundred miles every week, like I still wasn't, you know, I just wasn't doing well mentally or physically just because of all the things that I had allowed to happen in my life, you know, including like just being in a long abusive relationship with an alcoholic and I I could go on down the line, but you know, I had given up playing the drums and I just had severe depression, severe anxiety, totally undiagnosed. And, you know, as it progressed, I, you know, realized that it's like the frog in the boiling water analogy, you know, like next thing you know, you're in boiling water. It took 10 years to get there, you know? I mean, from that day forward, I had a plan, you know, like literally I had a plan put forth of here's some of the problems. Let's get some therapy started. Now, let's talk about like, what are things you can do to make yourself not suicidal? And some of those things still took me years. It still took me years to get out of still at times being suicidal, you know? And then finally, I went through this big, huge event that was the breakup of my marriage with an alcoholic and my son was in the middle of it. And I knew right before I had to do it, that it was going to be like, I'm just going to light my life on fire when I do this. And I was just, I just kept coming back to my therapist saying like, you have to worry about you now. You have to think about Verge. You know, you can't save your son. You have to worry about yourself. And then I just knew I have to do whatever I have to do. And like, I just never looked back. And just all kind of, it did. My life just lit on fire. It was horrific for like the next year and a half solid, you know. But along the way, not only did I start a band right away after I was diagnosed. It was one of the first things that we wound up discussing with my therapist. 
was that I'm a drummer and I'm not currently playing drums. And I haven't for like 10 years. And so I got the drums out of the mothballs. I started like talking to people around town, looking for bass player, you know, like just the whole thing. And all along, every time I decided to like reveal part of my story to somebody, they responded in a way that I did not expect they would respond. They responded with, damn, man, like that, that sucks. You know, let's, let's get you out of this. I mean, I told these guys who joined my band, like, I wanted to kill myself. And this is part of me not wanting to kill myself is starting this rock band. I got to do this again. Man. I can't not have this in my life, you know? And instead, you, you think when you're depressed and anxious that when you tell someone that, they're going to be like, I don't want to be in a band with that guy. You know what I mean? But they don't. They respond in this way that because most people have been through all kinds of terrible stuff. Most people have had their own issues with being depressed and having anxiety. We have this assumption that the people around us have a happy life. It's normal. And it's just us. And especially when you have depression. You feel like it's just me. There's something wrong with me. But there wasn't something wrong with me. There was just something wrong with the fact that I would let all kinds of terrible shit happen in my life that I shouldn't have allowed to happen. And then I learned the techniques. And now that's what I teach others. I teach others. It's not only just drumming. Drumming is a very, like, has been the most powerful therapy I've, it's still to this day, the most powerful therapy I've ever had. I feel for sure that like, that's almost like this cosmic reason why I was drawn to be a drummer. Like I just freaking knew the second I saw somebody pounding the shit out of a drum kit, I was like, you mean I could be allowed to just pound on things and people would (laughs) love that? You know what I mean? Like dance, like I could pound out all these aggressions in my life and that that could turn into this thing that people think is really fucking cool. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Rather than like, what's wrong with you that you're so aggressive? You know what I'm saying? Like, and so it's been huge for me. Like no matter what's going on in my life, I've reached a point now where I actually feel a switch. I often feel this um, like a tangible difference. I sit down and I start playing on my drum kit or on my hand drum. And within a few minutes, I have this conscious thought that tells me like, why, why were you worrying about that? You know, like just play your drums, man. You have the tools, like you have the tools to not worry. That's the main thing. Like you spend so much of our time worrying. I mean, it sounds like there are a few different elements to that. There's, you know, finding your authentic self and being able to express it. Like you said, you have this trait, like this um, aggression you described it as. And aggression can be channeled in a lot of ways. And some of them are more productive and socially acceptable than others. And you managed to take that trait that you have and channel it into something absolutely beautiful. Um, Oh, thank you. A lot of musicians are this way, you know, especially rock musicians. Outlet for this like energy that you have, that you want to share with people in this cool way. You know, like that's why I'm into, I play hockey. I, I lift a lot of weights. My parents wouldn't let me be a drummer in high school. I was prohibited from playing drums until I moved out of the house. (laughs) You know? Wow. Which I don't hold against my parents, man. My stepdad taught me. He was a rock connoisseur, so he was my inspiration to become a drummer. Wow. They just didn't want it in their house. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so loud and obnoxious, man. I I don't blame them. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I get it. But so, I mean, I do have... I roughly have a half a dozen kind of foundations that I teach people that are, these are the things that turned my life around. You know, these are the basic overall skills that um, that brought me from like not wanting to live. I mean, even though I had a 10 year old son, you know, not wanting to live to not really being able to imagine that, like literally not ever feeling that same. There's a physical feeling of There's a physical feeling that you feel through your whole body. Mm -hmm. And I have not felt anything like that, like not remotely close to that level in just years now. And that comes from nothing but daily work on self-esteem and like, and like, so basically it's, there's nutrition, right? There's getting outside, like getting outside and playing, go outside and play, you know, do something fun. Don't just walk around your neighborhood and look at the sidewalk and think about work, which I find myself doing sometimes. Like, what am I doing outside? Like, throw a ball or go skiing or do things you haven't done since you were a kid. I started skating again, like 10, 15 years ago. 
And I was like, why did I stop doing this? This is one of the coolest things I've ever done. You know, ride your bike or just go play with your dog. But when we were kids, we played outside and it was really, really good for us. So anyway, that's one of my, that's one of them. I was playing outside. I tell people to uh, find a means of creative self-expression. That can be anything. I just made this thing that no one else could make that. I don't care if you're building a cabinet or you're writing a song or you're writing or you're singing, just sing around your house. How play air guitar. I play air guitar every day. <laughs> well, I'm either cooking or sometimes I'm cleaning. Well, you got the broom. I've got already have tunes going. <laughs> a couple minutes to play some motorhead. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's super good for you. You know, like just um anything that's creative though, like the that really helps me, especially. And especially if you can find yourself something, just think about something you're like, God, that's so cool. I'll just learn it. Like, what is stopping you? If you, if you want to be a photographer, start taking photographs. Start, just learn about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and when you have something like that, you get a lot of self-esteem from it. And you can do this thing where you ratchet up your skills and it's like an exponential curve. So it's like, now when I learn the next skill, wow, I have all these other branches. I can do all these things now. And you get this own little world. You have your own little community. Like with drumming, there's a community of drummers. And with people who do wood carvings, there's a community of people who do that. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way to make friends for life, man. Maybe your uh, family thinks you're weird if you like to act, but actors think you're cool. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. I I feel like a lot of times the strongest friendships are forged in groups that share the same passion. Yeah. You know, it's like you can meet someone at work, a coworker, you have some stuff in common, you both have families, kids the same age, that kind of thing. But when you have a group of people who share a passion, you will literally have people coming together that you would never imagine would ever talk to each other and they'll end up being best of friends. Telling you, that's what that's what we used to get from going to rock concerts. Mm -hmm. I don't care who I I don't I don't want to know anybody voted for, you know, Black Sabbath or whatever. Like friend right now. Yeah. People just like pass you a bottle and you'd be like, well it's iffy, but thanks, dude. (laughs) Whatever. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) <laughs> and like my mother is a quilter that there is an entire world of quilting, all the lingo and all this machinery and <laughs> room set up. Finally, now that, you know, I mean, she's, she's pretty advanced in years, but mm. she's got her little dream of having a, having a room of, with all her cool stuff in there. You know, she talks to all her friends who it's cool. And they have little quilting circles and, you know, like anything like that, the, that gives you a sense that, I've put something out in the world that nobody else could have. Mm-hmm. Even just making a freaking sketch on a piece of paper. Nowadays, people don't do that kind of thing very often. You're right. Or, you know, a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. The reason I felt like I needed to have you on here, even though it's like called badass moms and usually, it's you know, moms or like, you know, experts in like parenting or like women's issues. But what you talk about is just so extremely relevant right now. And of everyone I'm, you know, I know personally online, you know, on Facebook and the whole like internet realm, you're the one I know who's really been making a, a point to keep up with the status of mental health during this pandemic right now, you know, yeah. um, and like starting conversations about it and going on every day and doing your push up challenge for suicidal, you know, veterans. And, you know, every day you bring up a different issue related to mental health and depression and you know and so I just felt like given the situation we're in you just have such an important perspective and interesting solutions to offer up for people who are struggling and suffering right now you know and even people if it's not you like you know especially when we're talking about moms we're not just talking about the mom we're talking about you know a lot of times the the central person in the family you're dealing with the kids you know maybe there's a partner maybe there's not but you are not only trying to figure out what you need to do to get through this tough situation you may have that kid who needs to play the drums <laughs> yeah 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 
And I mean, the main thing to me is the just even the more we talk about it, you know, in Canada, they have a nationwide program. They have a day where you, the people talk about mental health. There's a day of the year. It's even sponsored by like Bell of Canada or something. Wow. But famous people kind of come out every year and just say, you know, hey, I've suffered from depression for 15 years. And right. And, and the idea being like you put you put a face to you know, and people show the vulnerability, they're openly saying, like, I'm not ashamed of this. Like, don't be, don't be afraid to ask for help. When you ask for help, people are going to help you. That's what's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. I felt a wave of relief when I was riding in that police car. I mean, I felt like for the first time that I'm actually, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get a plan. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like when people have heavy anxiety and they don't want to look at their bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they're afraid. They're like, ah, oh, I don't want to look. There's nothing in there. But not looking doesn't make it better. It just makes you more scared. Mm-hmm. So and sometimes the thing to me is just to keep people talking about it enough so that you can find out that your child is, su- is super depressed. Like they'll admit to you. Mm-hmm. Try to make sure people aren't ashamed to. I mean, I tell people all the time, like I call the suicide hotline they saved my life and i did that more than once like i'm not ashamed of any of it now i'm fixing it Mm -hmm. know what i mean like it's like if you completely and i've kind of done that in some sense too but it's like if you completely transform your body you don't sit around going well i'm ashamed of what i used to look like you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. like it's just it was just different that's what it was you were in a different chapter in your life you know and the fun thing is that another one of the foundations of what I teach people is like resilience. Well, resilience is just about the thing you need to have nowadays. You just need to have resilience. And resilience means, uh, oh, yeah, there's a great show I was going to mention to you. It's just a, like an hour and a half long documentary. It's called Undefeated. Hmm. And like, it's just a true life thing. And this coach is just this unbelievable guy. And he teaches his players that, you know, character is about learning from what you did wrong. It's how it's how you handle losing, not how you handle winning. It's how you handle losing, right? And they're they're in the game, and as they start to struggle, he he calls a timeout. He says, "I want to know what you're saying to each other in the huddle." And nobody wants to tell him. And then one guy says, oh, "If one guy gets burned, we rip on him, right?" And he's like wrong that's not like this is the time when you show yourself to be the team to be and that's what this is like in life it's like you're gonna fail what you need to learn is like how to get back up right like it's not about avoiding failure Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely um you know i feel like in some ways our like modern society almost sets us up to be anxious and depressed. Like when you, even when you look at the statistics, how high they are, it's like for yeah. people to think, Oh, I'm anxious or depressed. There's something yeah. wrong with me. I almost feel like it's the opposite. I'm like, no, actually that is a, that, that is yeah. the normal human reaction to the yeah. situation you, you are in right now, you know? Right. And then, oh, yeah, for sure. Especially with the pandemic, with the social isolation, it's like it's a hundred percent normal and natural. And so I feel like a lot of times we're yeah. talking about going above and beyond, you know, in these, I guess, coping strategies, you know, mental or emotional, whatever the strategies are, it's like you almost have to go above and beyond to compensate for almost like being under a waterfall that is like setting you up to sink. Yeah. But so yeah, resilience is is the big I mean, that is just huge, you know, but I have now kind of like a core part of what I teach as like a bigger picture lesson. It's all about improvisation. I never used to improvise on the drums. I mean, really not until I started doing hand drumming. I literally would not, I would not in front of people openly play a bunch of stuff that I just made up right now. I would would have been terrified to do that, you know? So actually joining this amazing drum circle community that we have in Madison, that really helped because they're very good at, there's a guy named Elmore Lawson. He's fabulous. But the concept is if you want to, everyone's welcome to express themselves. We'll go in a circle. Whoever wants to solo, no one will walk all over you. We'll play a rhythm. So there's something very community oriented about the whole idea of it. Like we're supporting 
everybody's doing this thing together. All our hearts are literally beating at the same time. And like both sides of our brain are working. And, and then you just go off, man, for as long as you want to. You can play a five minute long solo if you want to. And we'll just play along and listen to you. And of course, what you find is people are much more polite than that. But, <laughs> you know, but that taught me that there's some value in just letting yourself go and not caring, not caring if it sounds good. Mm-hmm. I make a mistake. I just, there's a rhythm behind me. I can't actually make a mistake. If you think about it, you know what I mean? I just stop for a little bit, start, start playing some other stuff. And so you get this, it's like you're given a safety net to learn improvisation. And then later I joined this band where it's just two of us. It's one melody instrument and me playing the drum. And I've had to learn a lot more skill in order to be expressive enough. But what I find is that that's the most therapeutic thing that I've ever done. Just playing in this way where you're improvising the entire time. You, you're not thinking about work, you know, your relationship problem or whatever the stress of the week is, you know, politics. You're just, you don't have time to think about that. If you're going to react to another person and play something that sounds interesting and you know what I mean? Like you're just like your world is sucked down. Like you're in the moment mm-hmm. and that flow state is just super vital. You know, it's like it transforms your mind in like a few minutes, literally. And Travis and I just will, we'll play. We get together right at the end of the work week, like boom, four o'clock, come on, you know? And we play for like, and we sit, sometimes the first one, we don't know. It might be 10 minutes. It might be 40 minutes. We might not stop playing. We get done and we both do this thing where we just go, oh my God. Like you just, you're a different person. Like now I'm totally happy. Yeah. You know? And so anything that people can do that is like that, mm-hmm. is fantastic. But there's a bigger picture to that that's like also super important for your life. It has nothing even to do with music. So improvisation jojo mayer has a great ted talk on this by the way improvisation people think of it as being something that only these really skilled people can do like in music right but that's not true anyone can improvise you know as you if you want to get better and better and better at improvising whatever it is you're improvising basketball like the things that you do at work even you develop these fundamental skills And you just continue honing these skills until now I have like all these different tools I can use and whatever you throw at me. Oh, you need me to write a verification plan with this tool out over here. There you go, man. Took care of it. You need me to do this now? Like you've just, you developed all the skills that whatever the hell they ask you to do today, you know how to do it. And that makes you resilient. So that, that's helped me in my work life. um, But it helps you in your personal life. In particular, like you become more calm, like things like learning how to set boundaries in your life, uh, ridding yourself of toxic relationships. Like I say, like I've basically burned my life down to rid myself of a toxic relationship. Yeah. I love that analogy because I feel like, like that's exactly what at least, you know, my divorce felt like in the moment when I realized that the marriage was ending, it felt like my my life, like you said, it's like, everything's going to go on fire. And then even going through it, I feel like it's one of those situations. I don't know if it was for you, but you know, a lot of things that you fear, you know, later on, you're like, Oh, I blew that out of proportion. (laughs) And I feel like the divorce was not one of them. (laughs) No, it's like anything like just as bad as you think it's going to be like, that's as bad like it was like worse (laughs) and i feel like that's a lot of people i speak to so i love that analogy of just lighting your life on fire but the good news is it it, like for anyone who's going through that and listening now i feel like i'm gonna drive someone insane so i just wanted there's a light at the end of the tunnel and life is so much better when it's like when the relationship is over because if it ended that means there was something there that needed to end (laughs) yeah for sure for sure So I gave you really like part of my, the analogy that I like to use, which is that, so in my case, what it, what it seemed like, because all, you know, like everything that kind of blew up, it took a long time for that to happen. You know, it wasn't all of a sudden there were some problems. I mean, this has been building up for a long, long, long time. So to me, it was like I was in the house and the house starts burning down. It starts burning down right at all the doorways. So I'm like, man, screw that. I'm staying in here. I'm not running through that. That looks horrible. When it just keeps, 
it just keeps coming in closer, closer. You just keep going further into the center of the house until the whole freaking thing is on fire now. Now you're either going to die or you're going to run through all that, all those flames. Mm-hmm. What happened in my life? I just made, I let the flames just until it was like 40 feet. I'm just going to run through those now. Like I'm going to get burned. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. Mm-hmm. And that's totally true. I mean, I didn't get burned physically, but certainly there's enough scarring of like, I got, I was, you know, but you're also getting burned along the way. Mm-hmm. It's you know? But the fun thing is, once you're out, you just find a new house, man. You got a new house. It's not <laughs> burning down. That's what I tell people. Like, now's your chance. That house is fucking burnt down, man. Forget about that house now. Like if your house literally burned down, forget about it. But this is figurative. Like now you get to build a new house. Mm-hmm. It's never been on fire. <laughs> and that's not quite as flammable, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> or like not even that, or not even have a house. Just, you know what I mean? Like you could just travel around the world and pitch a tent, man. You could do whatever, but you don't have this burning down house in your life. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I mean, it's terrifying, but it's so much better than not doing it in a lot of, you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, so, I mean, you, you talked about your life being at this low point and then you learn these strategies to pull yourself out of it. And now you're such an advocate. So what are you, what are you seeing now? What are you keeping up with now? And what suggestions do you have for people who are having a tough time coping with the way the world has changed and continues to change on a rapid basis these days? That's hard. Um, I mean, there is a mental health crisis. We're even seeing like CNN now is even coming out and publishing, you know, some of the studies that have come out. And I mean, I haven't seen any kind of in-depth statistics that are really recent, you know, but there's a disturbing trend towards like suicidal ideation in particular. Um, I mean, I know they said in June that 25% of everyone around, it was like 18 to 24, I think, 25% of that age group had considered suicide in the previous 30 days back in June. So this is like a couple months into the lockdown. So that's seven and a half million young people thought of killing themselves. And so that number is not just going to magically go down. I mean, unless they got them some treatment after they gave them the survey, you know what I mean? And, and so you can only see that going up. So really, I don't know, honestly, some of it's, it's so difficult because there are things that could be done on a huge scale that would alleviate a lot of it right away, but you can't depend on that, you know? So I like to accept the things I can't change and just figure out, well, what can I do? Just let's just imagine that we don't, we're not out of this isolation for at least another year, which is probably realistic. Yeah. No. Then what do you do? You make sure you're just checking on people. Like number one, people check on me, you know, people get a hold of me and I know they're checking on me. You know what I mean? But I just take it as like, cool. People are checking on me. I mean, I live by myself in the middle and all this isolation and that's nice. I don't, I'm not insulted by that. And I don't think anyone ever is. Uh, I've been trying to take it upon myself to make actual telephone calls more where you're not just texting, you're hearing the person's voice. Hey man, what's going on? You know what I mean? The whole tone of voice thing. And you know, if you can do Zoom calls, that helps. But go overboard on all the foundational stuff. Um, nutrition is huge for me. I work a lot of superfoods into my diet. I Man, I do this smoothie every day that has just so many superfoods that I'm just like, I can I can slip up on my diet and I'm still okay today. You know, like I make sure that I'm getting like spinach every day. I get some garlic for like blood thinner. You know, I'm taking all kinds of antioxidants with like berries and chia seeds and you know, I'm trying to get omega threes. And I just think about like what are all these things I've learned over the years. Just try to implement it, make sure I get those in my diet. Mm-hmm. One time a week, totally have a cheat meal. Good. Like I'm enjoying my life a little bit. I'm not just having, because I'm not that, I'm, I don't spend a ton of time. I have all these staples that seem unusual to people, like just wild rice mix and, you know, it's very simple stuff that I, I do a lot of cooking the same things with slight variations. Just because it's like I've found this recipe of like 20 things that are like so damn good for me that I just kind of mix them in different ways every day. And I don't have a lot of time to make recipes and stuff. So I improvise my food too. 
I do the same damn thing with everything. Like I've found like the, here's my formulas and I take, I implement them into my little system of improvising, you know, nutritious things for myself. But yeah, getting outside and playing, you know, get some kind of exercise that makes you feel good. That where like you feel sweaty, you get the adrenaline going, you feel calmer now, you know, get to where you're breathing hard and using your lungs and your heart. Eat good food, check up on people. The hard part is that all the other terrible crap that happens to people has gotten worse as far as what happens at home, you know? So, I mean, there's a lot more domestic abuse happening now. Mm -hmm. And what's hard is to, you know, it takes a long time for people to understand that situation, you know, there's not much you can do about stuff like that. It's really hard, except to try to encourage people, you know, to get some help, offer them some help, even if you can, you know, but that's one that's really hard to do anything about, man. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to think about. <laughs> yeah. With, you know, shutdowns and such, you can be pretty much trapped in a house with your abuser and, yeah. you know, in a lot, in some cases, other people know about it. In some cases they don't. <laughs> And yeah. it's just you stuck there. And, yeah. you know, it can seem as an outsider, like, well, why don't they just leave? And it's like, yeah. there are so many reasons that's not as easy as it right. seems. You yeah. know? Um, I've done a lot of just researching. I mean, I've been in therapy for nine years. So that's research in itself. And for usually what I'll do, well, I don't really do it so much now, but. When I started out, I was going to therapy at least once a week. I think I was multiple times a week for quite some time. And I would ask my therapist, I mean, first of all, make sure you have a good therapist, like a therapist that you like. You should almost feel like you're a friend with your therapist. Could be friends if you if they weren't your therapist. You should like them. You know what I mean? So you, so you feel comfortable talking to them. But I would always ask for like, what can I do then? You know, we'd be talking about whatever things I wanted to talk about that week. And he'd wind up on kind of a theme. And then I would be like, well, give me some homework for this week then. Because I don't want to be doing this in my life anymore. What can, What are some techniques? I can Try to always get like pointers on how you can, because your therapist, they don't usually want to kind of like give you advice. They want you to have a safe place to come and talk about your feelings. But if you ask them, what are some techniques that have been tried and true, they're going to give them to you. Man, I'm telling you, there's a reason they're tried and true is because they freaking work. I wish I would have learned psychology when I was 13 years old. We should, right? Like, you know, when you think I mean, about it, like, don't get me wrong. Um, I don't think the stuff we learn in school is, is useless. I think depending on what field you go into, that's your foundation. But at yeah. the same time, the things we don't learn, right? You know, credit card interest, what that means, mental health, psychology, yeah. sociology, you know, a lot of the, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. These are foundational skills. And I mean, you know, unfortunately now, if we want our, you know, there are some, you know, schools that have models that really put an emphasis on life skills like that. But for most people, it's like, yeah. if you want your kids to grow up with those skills, it's on us. Yeah. But even understanding like what abuse is, mm -hmm. I encourage people to just research psychological topics. Go into psychology today, man, and just research. If you think someone might be a narcissist, come on, we have Google, man. You can pick and choose. Like, I'll go with psychology today. Here's five things that tell me if someone's a narcissist. You know what I mean? Like, you're getting a pretty damn close idea. Maybe you can think about, do I have depression? Look it up. What are the symptoms of depression? What are the symptoms of anxiety? Mm -hmm. You can learn a lot of things nowadays just on your own. And I've been doing that myself all the time. If you have a relationship issue with, with a family member or a friend or, you know, you can say like, how do, what's the best way to not be a dick to my friend when this happened? Mm. And you can learn techniques of how to not explode when you're having arguments, especially when you've had a, like a history where like people exploded on you. Mm -hmm. You learn how to explode when you have an argument instead of learning how to restrain yourself and be calm and respectful. And like, I had to learn these kind of things as an adult, like well into adulthood, I had to learn these kind of things, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's hard if you didn't have a model of, you know, another way to do it. Like, it's easy to say, I'm not going to do this, but then you find yourself in the situation and you're like, well, I don't know what else to do. You know, yeah. I don't know what else could work right now. Like what else, what else, how else do I react right now? You know, it's yeah. like, you know, and that even, you know, it goes to other things like, you know, parenting. If you were parented with, 
physical discipline, your kid does something and you're like, okay, I feel like I know I don't want to beat them. I I know I would have gotten beaten, but now what do I do? What do I do to address this? You know, and it can be like that with almost anything in life. Um, Yeah. I feel like one thing that you're pretty good with um, right now with this mental health crisis, a lot of people find themselves with loved ones who are going through stuff, uh, you know, badly. And so what are the things that are not helpful to say or do in that situation um, that people well-meaning may think of doing and what are alternatives that could be more helpful? Wow. That is, that's a good question. You're saying like maybe people are giving you signals that they have a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Or if someone comes to you and, you know, let's say, you know, that they're having a rough time, like what are the things that people who don't get it tend to say and do that they don't realize aren't helpful, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, I guess I'm not, (laughs) I I guess I'm not sure what those things would be in particular, but I know that the best thing you can do is just try to listen you know, and try. So there's a great technique that you can use for active listening that really helps any two people that want to not screw up their relationship, right? It's hard to implement because it feels clumsy at first. And then after you do it like the third time, you're like, why wasn't I doing this my whole life, right? And it's very simple. It's the, somebody does something and man, you realize, God, every time that person does that, I don't like it and I don't say anything, right? Whatever the hell it is, you don't pick up your socks or something, right? So then you tell the person, I feel whatever my emotion is when you do this specific thing. That's all you tell them. I feel hurt and uh, upset when you leave your socks around or I feel like you're, take, you're taking me for granted that I'm going to clean up after you when you, leave, when you do this, right? And all the person says back is, I heard you say you feel hurt when I leave my socks laying. That's all they say back. And I'm telling you, man, the next time they leave their socks around, they know, they know they're hurting your feeling. They told you they know that. And it makes a difference when you've told someone that. You, you go, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said what I just said. Usually it's more about that. It's how you how you portray something or how you act towards someone. And a lot of times you don't realize you're hurting their feeling. You know what I mean? And that's a big thing is that you have to become comfortable with telling somebody your feeling and guys in particular, like they're getting better at it. I think guys are getting better at it, but there's a lot of stoicism. I think that we still do kind of stereotypically expect a level of where you're not going to talk about how you feel depressed, but as a society boy, there have been some really, really amazing, shiny examples of like big, badass dudes who are openly talking about, you know, Robin Leonard? Oh, you don't watch hockey, but he played in New York. He played, he played for the Islanders just like last two years ago. So anyway, he's a goalie and he had this remarkable comeback in his playing in the NHL. And little did we all know that behind the scenes, that was because he was became suicidal, basically, and was a hardcore alcoholic and had anxiety and depression and was addicted to painkillers, and nobody knew any of this stuff. And he checked himself into detox, and he started going to therapy, and then he, he started on this path like I went on, of like figuring out, like, dude, what happened? What are you going to do to get yourself back? And he found a team that would take a chance on it, even though he, you know, he had gone through like the NHL's program to get you over your addiction problem. But he also had all these other like rage issues and all these other like emotional things that were a result of like mental wounds from his life. And he turned that ship around. And like, I think it was the next year. I mean, he won a big award at the NHL awards. He was one of the best goaltenders in the league. But he started telling his story. Oh, he won the Masterton Award, which is somebody who's overcome obstacles. Because he told his story, he was honored by his peers. He wasn't, he wasn't shunned like, oh, that dude, he's nuts, man. You know? Mm-hmm. The people thought like, damn, good for you, like for having the courage. And he, he oh, I wish I could remember the quote. He went up on that stage and he said this thing. Oh, I wish I could remember it. 
but uh, it was unbelievable. And you could tell people were just like, okay, we're all, we're all going to cry now because it was just so touching, but touching in this way where you're super inspired. Like this dude wanted to be dead like a year and a half ago. And now he's turned every part of his life around. And the first thing he did was ask for help. And I think he, like me, had other people nudging him to be like, ask for help. So it's not a bad thing if you're really concerned about someone. If you're really concerned, what I do, I, I've told my son, I tell everyone I know, 800-273-8255 is the suicide prevention lifeline. If you feel like you feel down a lot, if you feel like you're anxious, feel like you're angry all the time, like just put that number in your phone right now. Suicide Prevention Lifeline, put it in your phone. It'll always be in there. And if you and just promise me, like I, I ask people, like promise me you will call that number. You know, if you feel like you want to kill yourself, call that number. You can call me. I mean, my friends can call me and they have done that. But I'm not professionally trained. I know kind of what to say now. And they call me because they know I've been through that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they know that I'm a story that, I got through it. They're calling me because they don't want to kill themselves. Like they want to, but there are ways where you can just still grab the rope and pull yourself up. And they grabbed the rope. And that rope was like, I have an example of someone I know. That's why I'm trying to encourage more people who have my story to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. I mean, when you're in those depths, it feels so hopeless a lot of times, you know? And, yeah. um, you know, even hearing like, oh, you could try this, you could try that. It's like, well, no, their, their depression must have been different than mine. That's not going to work for me. You know, yeah. that's not how it's going to be. Um, I think the way you tell your story in such vivid details, and for those of you who aren't already following Verge, um, you know, follow him on Facebook and Instagram because he's always, you know, sharing. And the way you tell your story is just so detailed and you say things that only someone who's been there would would know about that the way you say it yeah. i'm hoping that that can inspire you know people to just do what you do and seek help you know well i've said many times that when i was suicidal you know if i would have had this version of me there you know if i did, if i could have seen it would have made it a lot easier, you know, it would have made it easier, would have made the decision not to do it a lot easier. So I just try to be that. Now I can be that person to other people. You know, when you think about what that can mean, like it's, it's pretty powerful, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I will say too, that I was far enough down that I could not be given medication. So I had to just struggle every day, like starting with, I'll ride my bike straight up this hill over and over and over for like an hour until I can't stand up. And then I'll be calm for like the next 40 minutes or so. And then I'll be depressed as fuck the rest of the day. And then I'll do something else. I'll find other things to do during the day to keep myself from like being so like just to temporarily jack up my adrenaline levels enough to feel calm and not anxious, scared, you know, sleepless and depressed, all I could do was incrementally every day that amount of time that I was calm would go up. Like now I can get 50 minutes of calm after that. And it's because I'm also along the way implementing things in my life. Now I'm starting to play the drums. Now I'm starting, I start implementing, like you have to work at all those things I talked about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I do those every day, especially now because of the isolation. I, I do every single one of those six things every single day, no matter what. Because we all have to kind of be more on our toes than normal because you can't just go, you know what, tonight I'm going to go to the drum circle. That'll take, and that'll take care of my social needs for uh, like a week. Mm-hmm. Because it's so intense that you're just like, wow, I've got warm fuzzies for days on end now. And now we can't have those of them. So we have to just be more careful. And do more, like I've told my boss, my main priority right now is make sure I'm okay with all this isolation. And I'm going to get all my work done. It's going to be quality work. But if you try to get a hold of me for an hour and a half at one o'clock, I might be at the gym with my phone turned off. 
because I needed to go to the gym now. Mm-hmm. I'll get my work done. It'll be quality. It's just that I have to maintain my mental health during all this stuff that's happening. And he's like, good for you. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I respect that. You know, you have to stand up for your right to take care of your mental health. You know, we have a free employee assistance program that you can just call a counselor and tell them how you feel. So we are acknowledging it now as a larger society. You just have to take advantage of it, you know? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, thankfully more people are speaking openly about it so that there is less embarrassment and less of a stigma. I mean, I, I like looking back on it, I should have gotten help when I was a teenager. I was scared to tell anybody what I was feeling. And it was sort of, you know, like you said, like, am I, am I not? Do I need some, you know, and looking back on it now from like, in you know, having a healthy mindset and looking back on it, it was like, oh yeah, I, I needed, I needed help. But I was scared to tell people yeah. it runs in my family. Um, you know, a lot of people listening to this know that I lost my brother a few years ago to yeah. mental health. He was one of those cases where he did everything. He tried everything and couldn't get relief. It can get, you know... Yeah. He get rough, but we don't survive it, you know? Yeah. It's literally deadly. Um, yeah. and the feeling of desperation, you know, like I think um for someone who's never gone through it, it's hard to imagine that feeling of desperation because you know, for some people, your your mind, you know, when you feel like that, your mind views the world as the cause. Oh, and yeah. people it doesn't even matter. Some people can look at their life and be like, everything is fine, but I feel like crap. And I would do anything to make this feeling stop. And, and it's hard to, you know, like you said, that physical feeling, you know, for yeah. someone who hasn't gone through it, it's hard to imagine a feeling that's yeah. that bad where you are just desperate to do anything to escape it. Um, when people say fighting demons, like that's not far off from how it feels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Evil force inside of you that you're just like, God, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. It takes you forever to kind of chip it away, chip it away, chip it away is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a long process, but man, it's so worth it. hundred percent. It's so worth it. Like you brought up the physical component of it too. You know, your emotions are partly physical. And so if, you know, your life, there's not like a, particular trigger you can point to that you can just change about your life a lot sometimes it's about changing your hormones through exercise and superfood foodies and such whatever you can do and a lot of times it takes all of it you know overcompensating when you're in a situation where you know a human is not meant to live like that and so the natural response is anxiety or depression it's like you have to overcompensate to not fall into that And that's, I think, a situation a lot of people are in right now. And so, like, you know, whatever you see as being normal, you you may have to go way beyond that to just be in a mentally healthy place, you know? Yeah. For people who are listening and you resonate and they're like, I need to talk to someone who gets it. I need to be in touch with someone who actually understands what I'm going through. How can they find you? How can they follow you? And what do you offer for people who want to work with you more closely? Well, there's a bunch of different ways you can find me. Uh, you can find me through the Rhythm Mentor Facebook page. That's a good way to get a hold of me. And you can feel free to check out my own personal page. I do tons of stuff through there. It's Verge Mania on Facebook. And then I'm Verge Drums on Instagram. Just at Verge Drums. I'm going to have another course coming up pretty soon. It's usually a six-week course to help people optimize their physical and mental health. The last time I had to turn people away. Because there's so many people with mental health challenges. But if you're interested in something like that, yeah, I mean, after the class, my last class, someone did actually tell me, like, you saved my life during this class, you know? So it's very cool. It's very communal. You know, we'll have like, I don't know if I'm going to go through Facebook, but I'll figure out a way for us to have a chat group. So, you know, by the end, like everyone's friends now and we drum every week. You, you can play on your knees or on a table or anything you want to, but there's a little bit of drumming involved to kind of help everybody relax and be able to share their experiences and stuff. So, and then I just guide people through and I give them some homework every week, things that I, that they should work on. Do this every day this week. Tell me what you did. 
And uh, it's just really fun. People actually have a lot of fun with it and they look forward to the class every week. And, but we get into some deep stuff, man. You know, like we're helping people address some really, some really hard stuff and giving them tools to, to be resilient. So it's really rewarding for me <laughs> as well as it's rewarding for my class. And I tell the class every week, like, I, I need this as much as you guys do. So, and thank you very much for, for having me. No, thank you so much for being here. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Um, you know, people listening probably don't know, but, you know, we, like, we chat, you know, like, we've known each other for a while. And it's just, you know, I love following your stuff. I love seeing your conversations. It's just, it's just great. I think that you're doing stuff that's really important. And I just, especially during this time when we're seeing so many people at their breaking point, I just really wanted to share you with my audience and anyone who's listening who can benefit. So thanks. It's a good way to like honor your brother's memory too, you know? Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, um, listeners don't know, we were talking about it yesterday, um, was his birthday actually. So he's, he's been on my mind. Um, I mean, he's on my mind every day, but in a different way the past couple of days. So, yeah, you know, I've thought of him, you know, about a million times during this conversation. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And those of you listening, make sure you follow Verge and get in touch with him. And thank you for tuning into the Badass Moms podcast brought to you by the Holistic Therapies Directory. For any of you who are a holistic practitioner or are looking for a holistic practitioner, make sure you check out holistictherapiesdirectory.com. Get your profile set up. That can help you find practitioner anywhere in the world. And of course, if you want to find me, I'm at Super Busy Mommy Coach on Facebook or Instagram, um, superbusymommycoach.com. Make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast, Badass Moms. It really helps the show if we get ratings and reviews. So um, if you found this content valuable, if you find the show valuable in general, please do that. It really makes a difference. And I appreciate you all so much. And Burge, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to Badass Moms. Join us again and get your badass on. 